Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Tuesday, December 6th. And we start with local news. The Murray County Planning Commission bumped a proposal for the Kedron Corner development in Spring Hill to January after review, uh, for review rather, after planners cited conditions to be met before approval is considered. A proposed concept plan for 293 homes in northern Murray County did not move forward at the planning meeting, but instead was tagged with a set of conditions for further consideration. The subdivision is zoned as Rural Residential A2 with a proposal of density of one unit per acre. With the development's approval hinging on conditions for the 138-page submission, developers were called to take the concept back to the drawing board. Among the conditions, commissioners expressed concern about a blank, unplanned 68 acres that falls within Spring Hill's urban growth boundary and concerned about a north entry access point for residents of the city of Spring Hill, which they would have to grant. Representatives with WES engineers and surveyors Alan O'Leary said at the meeting that the company was unsure what would be built in the unknown zone, whether single-family units or commercial. That is the reasoning for leaving that portion of the property off the proposal, O'Leary said. I know when you have a certain number of lots, you've got to show the whole property. We understand that. But that was the reason for leaving that portion of the property off, he said. Additionally, O'Leary said plans are within the proposal to bring Reagan and Pumpkin Creek roadways up to standard for traffic. The proposal submitted by the company did include a traffic study, but questions remained beyond traffic feasibility. Phase 1, O'Leary said, would include 48 lots at the south end of the property, where a sewage treatment site would support the area. O'Leary said during his presentation that issues with the Murray County Highway Department and Murray County Water have been, quote, ironed out and were included with the proposal. First to the podium to oppose the plan was Steve Ferguson, who lives at Pumpkin Creek Lane. This is going to be the be right next door to where this new road is, Ferguson said. To say the least, I'm not very happy that this is falling in my lap. As Ferguson understood, there would be connectors along Kedron Road, but a nearby neighbor selling their property has altered the road work that would result. Now the builder is completely changing his plan, Ferguson said. Needless to say, it's going to impact my life quite a bit. I'm against this totally. I'm not against progress, but I would like to see it managed better than it's been done in this county. I think we can all agree to that. We've got the carts way ahead of the horse when it comes to our infrastructure, he said. Ferguson also said he was greatly concerned about recently paved roads in the area being potentially destroyed by the many heavy-duty gravel trucks passing in and out during construction. Meeting attendees applauded Ferguson's statements as the comments continued to accrue during the more than two-hour discussion. Following the meeting, Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt released a statement on social media thanking Murray County residents for showing up to voice concerns. It's going to take all of us working together to keep Murray County the place that many of us love, Mayor Butt wrote. The days need to be over when we wake up and there are 200 houses being built in our backyard, and we wondered how that happened. If we wake up wondering that now then we are part of the problem. Ignorance is not bliss. In this case, ignorance is submission to development, she said. 
The plans and questions lingering with the proposal confused some residents in attendance who wished not to go on record, though one Spring Hill resident, Beth Norwood, whose land attaches to the proposed area and spoke at the meeting, shared her takeaway from Monday's two-hour deliberation. Norwood said after the meeting Friday that she was glad the planning commission was not too hasty to approve the plan. I'm pleased that they didn't just automatically vote yes, Norwood said. I think they sincerely considered all the concerns that staff had during their discussion. One of the main concerns would be, first, that the subdivision had a connector to Kedron Road that was feasible for traffic passage. Reagan Road, with key placement in the area, will factor heavily into the development, getting a yes. Most everyone in attendance, including developers, understood the need for roads that would have to be built to better withstand a heavier traffic flow. Another infrastructure stipulation is the management of water supply and its availability to an area that has already been strained to the point of conservation notice during its highest use months, as Spring Hill was this past summer. Norwood also said that the one-house-per-acre model for growth is one positive that seems to be in place for a possible Kedron Corner site. One home per acre seems to be more in line with what we need for the area, Norwood said on Friday. Mayor Butt added during Tuesday's comments that Murray government is currently rewriting county land use and zoning regulations that would allow for a consistent 20-year growth plan. The Planning Commission will reconvene in January's meeting to verify the developer has successfully met all conditions in order to move the plan forward. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee and Department of Economic and Community Development Commissioner Stuart McWhorter announced on Friday that Altium Cells LLC, a joint venture of LG Energy Solution and General Motors, will expand its battery cell manufacturing operations in Spring Hill. The project represents a $275 million investment by Altium Cells, which is in addition to the $2.3 billion investment announced back in April of 2021 and is expected to create 400 additional jobs. Once the facility is operational, Altium Cells is expected to employ a workforce of 1,700 people in Murray County. Altium Cells will increase battery cell production by more than 40%, from 35 gigawatt hours to 50 gigawatt hours. The Tennessee facility will supply battery cells to General Motors' Spring Hill Assembly Plant for production of the Cadillac Lyric, the first electric vehicle produced at the plant, and other GM Altium platform-based electric vehicles. Production at the 2.8 million square foot facility will begin in late 2023. The Tennessee site joins two other Altium Cells battery cell manufacturing sites in Ohio and Michigan. The Warren, Ohio facility began battery cell production in August, and the Lansing Delta Township facility in Michigan is under construction and will begin production in late 2024. Once all three facilities are at full production capacity later this decade, Altium Cells expects to have more than 130 gigawatts of battery cell capacity in total. Altium Cells will provide battery cell capacity to support GM's North American Electric Vehicle Assembly capacity of more than 1 million units by mid-decade, while supporting GM's plans to supply other automotive companies and industries including rail, aerospace, heavy trucking, and marine customers. Tennessee has made significant strides in electric vehicle manufacturing with investments from companies like General Motors and LG Energy Solution. Since 2017, companies have committed to create nearly 12,000 new jobs and invested $16 billion in Tennessee through EV-related projects. Additionally, with more than 180,000 electric vehicles produced in the state since 2013, Tennessee ranks number one in the southeast for electric vehicle manufacturing. 
Tennessee is also quickly becoming a leader in the domestic manufacturing of critical materials used to make lithium-ion batteries, such as lithium, cobalt, nickel, and graphite. Since 2018, Tennessee has landed seven projects related to EV battery manufacturing or the EV battery supply chain, representing more than 1,700 new job commitments and roughly $4.3 billion in capital investment. As Tennessee continues to lead the automotive industry, we proudly welcome additional investment and job creation from companies around the globe. I thank Altium Cells for investing $275 million in Spring Hill and look forward to new opportunities for Tennesseans across Murray County said Governor Bill Lee. Tennessee is well positioned to provide automotive manufacturers and suppliers with the ideal geographical location to support their growth. Altium Cell's additional $275 million investment will have a lasting impact on the region for years to come. We are grateful to them, along with General Motors and LG Energy Solution, for their continued commitment to Tennessee, which is a vote of confidence in our state's skilled workforce and business-friendly climate, said Tennessee Economic and Community Development Commissioner Stuart McWhorter. A Murray County mother has filed a complaint in Murray County Circuit Court against the Murray County Board of Education after the tragic death of her son, Josiah Fisher, while test driving a homemade motorcycle at Mount Pleasant High School. Murray County mother Renee Hawkins is claiming a wrongful death suit as a result of the incident on January 26th when her 17-year-old autistic son, who is not wearing a helmet, crashed into a brick wall at the school while riding the motorcycle during his agri-science class. According to the complaint filed on November 22nd, Fisher, diagnosed with autism and other disabilities, was on an individual Individualized Education Plan, or IEP, under the Federal Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. Hawkins claims that her son died as a result of a lack of supervision or negligence by school leadership and driving the motorcycle without a helmet. Hawkins names the school district's director of athletics and supervisor of nursing, Chris Pointer, agri-science teacher Tony Grooms, and previous Murray County Public School Superintendent Michael Hickman in the lawsuit. In the two hours prior to the decedent minor child's death, the following Murray County Board of Education senior-level staff witnessed the homemade motorcycle being driven without a helmet or supervision, the complaint states before listing the district leadership names. Decedent Minor Child's IEP expressly stated that he did not know how to drive a car, did not have a driver's license, and did not have a permit. Murray County Board of Education knew Decedent Minor Child did not have a driver's license or learner's permit, and the same was reiterated in his IEP, the complaint states. The complaint also claims that driving the homemade motorcycle without a helmet at the school was common practice, and the test driving of vehicles was known and encouraged by former Mount Pleasant High School Principal Ryan Jackson who was named as the district's principal of the year in 2021, but resigned at the end of the school year this year to pursue other opportunities. The complaint asserts that another student, only referenced by initials in the court documents, was permitted to bring motorcycles and other motorized vehicles not working properly to shop class for repair, and was allegedly permitted to set the speed to go over 40 to 50 miles per hour or above the factory set speed. Vehicles were test-driven in an area adjacent to Grooms' classroom, the complaint states, During class time on the day of the incident, the complaint states that Fisher was permitted to work on the homemade motorcycle in question with the other student who brought it into class. The complaint claims that Hickman was on campus and stood by while unsupervised students drove a motorcycle without a helmet. Superintendent Hickman abruptly terminated his contract in February with the Murray County School Board, ending his term early as superintendent after only 18 months in the position. At the time, board members alluded that the superintendent had not met district goals anticipated by the board.
In court documents, Pointer, who was inside the school on the day of the incident, stated in an email that he saw a student riding a motorcycle in the parking area. The complaint explains that Fisher attempted to drive the motorcycle without a helmet with no experience in how to operate the vehicle before the incident. Hawkins alleges negligence, claiming witnesses should have anticipated the, quote, foreseeable dangerous condition, unquote, of her son having access to the motorcycle without a helmet. She is seeking compensatory damages in the amount of $3 million for the past physical pain and emotional suffering caused by the incident. Attorney Shannon Wiggins of Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers is representing Hawkins in the case. The business moved quickly on approving Hewlett Spencer's promised detailed final site plans for the ongoing Judicial Center work at last week's Regional Planning Commission meeting in Columbia, as a medical helicopter rescue company set its sights on rural Murray County for its new home. Despite a partially hesitant committee and some public opposition, the Murray Planning Committee vote members voted to let the full commission decide on the Columbia relocation for the company, Survival Flight, currently based out of Arkansas. While company representatives said that original plans included a helicopter training facility featuring full living quarters and a helipad, they decided it was not going to be the most preferable course for the community. Representing the District 8 area, that would include the rezoning of a 44-acre parcel along Bear Creek Pike from A2 Residential to C1 Commercial, Commissioner Gabe Howard initially opposed the move, supporting instead growth the right way. While I think we should all be proud of being part of a community that's growing, we need to do it the right way, Howard said. But I am adamantly opposed to the survival flight rezoning request, he said. Howard said the request, as it stands, seems like the same kind of problem the county has seen from rec with recent growth, leaving too many questions without answers. We do not follow our comprehensive growth plans and honor the people who call Murray County home, Howard said. If we approve this rezone request, it would open Pandora's box for commercial zoning applications to go forward that will affect people's quality of life and rural countryside living. Howard specifically emphasized that he is not opposed to survival flight coming to Tennessee and would be honored to have them in the county, but he thinks the Murray County Airport should be the first stop in looking for a new headquarters location. We do, we do still want to find a way to bring them here, Howard said. Survival Flight came back to the committee for a planned resubmittal move from August, raising more questions from its original submission. The facility would be used as a training headquarters for supplies and flight simulation training, according to company representatives. Some of the concerns over the previous recommendation led to removal of a helipad and crew quarters from the plan, but that's not the only concern some commissioners made clear at last week's meeting. Survival Flight Representative Harold Newton confirmed the facility would only include office and training space with approximately 15 to 20 employees at a time. But some residents and committee members expressed concern about the coming and going of helicopters. Newton said that would not be a regular occurrence and might only be used to fly in dignitaries. The nationwide survival flight company package deal would, would come with as many as 30 personnel at a time when the facility hosts training on site. Newton said the new owners, the Millard family, liked the area so much they decided to move the company to Murray County, but assured the committee that they had made an offer to install a helipad away from the facility at the Murray County Airport in Mount Pleasant. Still concerns arose during the meeting. People are forgetting something, Howard said. We might have 30 families moving here based on the company's plan for personnel. We're not understanding the data. It's not true that we won't need more houses. 
Howard emphasized the company's whole plan had changed from the original submission packet, adding that the county's goal is to stay ahead of capacity on issues of water supply, schools, and solid waste solutions. Some facts could not be confirmed at press time, but Newton said the area around covered around 44 acres, though maps included the packet showing a 55-acre calculation. More details are to be discussed in January, Newton said. Immediately following some Immediately following some committee members expressed concerns, Newton said the company is already having potential personnel move to Columbia and that he would really appreciate the committee's vote to approve. The request is now awaiting the full commission, and no definite answer will come until the rezoning request is heard after the first of the year. The King's Daughter School and Heritage Bank and Trust ask for your help to make a few Christmas wishes come true for the rest of the community's children in need. Pick up a wish letter from Santa's mailbox at Columbia and Mount Pleasant Heritage Bank and Trust branches. These letters are from disadvantaged King's Daughter students who will be spending Christmas on campus. Students have written down their Christmas wishes and letters to Santa. The letters have been delivered to Heritage Bank and Trust and can be picked up now and must be returned by Thursday, December 15th. Santa's mailbox should be easy to spot when you walk into a Heritage Bank and Trust lobby. Each letter contains one Christmas wish item for a student. We are so grateful to Heritage Bank and Trust for their support of our Santa's Mailbox program. Many of our students cannot go home for the holidays, so the contributions of the bank, their customers, and our entire community make their Christmas wishes come true shared King's Daughter School Executive Director Shauna Pounders. Once gifts are returned, they will be wrapped by King's Daughter staff members and placed in Santa's bag ready for delivery on Christmas Eve. The school and bank members thank the community ahead of time for helping make Christmas special for each and every child of King's Daughter School. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Clara Wells, one of the founders of Betty's Parkway Diner, passed away Saturday, December 3rd at her residence. Funeral services will be conducted on Wednesday at 3 p.m. at Parkway Baptist Church. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 1 p.m. until service time at the church. Burial will be held in Dayton, Tennessee. Oaks and Nichols funeral directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mrs. Ernestine Hughes Whitley. Retired banker died Sunday, December 4th at her residence in Columbia. Funeral services for Mrs. Whitley will be conducted on Thursday, December 8th at 12 p.m. at Graymere Church of Christ. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Thursday from 10 a.m. until 12 p.m. at Graymere Church of Christ. Larry Wayne King, 81. Retired employee of Dairymen Incorporated and resident of Columbia, died Sunday, December 4th at Murray Regional Medical Center. Funeral services for Mr. King will be conducted on Friday at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens with military honors provided by the Herbert Griffin American Legion Post 19. The family will visit with friends on Friday from 12 until service time at the funeral home. Mrs. Hilda Fay Grimes Honeycutt. 71, a resident of St. Petersburg, Florida, and a former resident of Columbia, died Thursday, November 17th. A memorial service will be conducted on Saturday, December 10th at 3 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. The family will visit with friends from 10 a.m. on Saturday at the funeral home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. 
At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have overcast skies with rain showers at times today. Some thunderstorms are possible. The high will reach 69 degrees with winds out of the south-southwest at 10 to 15 miles per hour. The chance of rain, 80%. Tonight, we can expect more showers and thunderstorms with a low of 62. Winds will be out of the south-southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. The chance of overnight rain, 90%. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwenGroup, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. 
This is Chris Dowdy from Tennessee Children's Home. We are overwhelmed by the support through our move to our new Spring Hill campus. We are excited about the new opportunities that these buildings will provide us to serve at-risk youth. We ask that you will continue to pray for us and those that we serve. We still need your continued support. Visit our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, to make a donation or learn more about what we're doing to serve at-risk youth in Tennessee. Throughout the country, buried pipelines are indicated by a pipeline right-of-way. A long, wide stretch of grass cleared of trees and marked with signs. If you have a right-of-way near your home, do not plant anything in it or dig in it. Do not install a fence or build your kids a super cool fort without first getting the pipeline operator's approval. For more on pipeline safety, visit pipesafety.org. A message from the Tennessee Gas Association, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. More than 350,000 TennCare beneficiaries could lose coverage when the federal government ends its pandemic-related public health emergency in the coming months and state officials reevaluate their eligibility, public health advocates warn. That's roughly one-fifth of the 1.75 million Tennesseans expected to be covered by the Medicaid program by mid-2023. Some families will lose coverage because breadwinners earn too much or have found coverage elsewhere. But some worry that tens of thousands of low-income Tennesseans could be unjustly dropped because of the state's historical reliance on complicated hard-copy forms and the postal system. TenCare has put such financial evaluations on hold during the public health emergency. While a formal end to it has not been announced, Michelle Johnson, executive director of the Tennessee Justice Center, said her organization expects this process of redetermination to start in the spring. Johnson said beneficiaries should start reaching out to TenCare now to make sure their addresses are up to date in the TenCare system, even if they haven't moved recently. She also said people should keep an eye out for and hold on to any and all renewal packets from TenCare they may receive in the coming weeks and months. The organization has an ongoing lawsuit against TenCare over its earlier handling of dropped beneficiaries. And reach out to us for help, Johnson said. We're trying to find partners all over the state who can help people fill out all the paperwork so that it's not so overwhelming, she said. The Biden administration most recently extended the public health emergency until January 11th, but because the government hasn't sent an expected 60-day warning notification to stakeholders about its lifting, it is expected to extend beyond that date. Some have speculated that it may not be lifted until April. The Department of Health and Human Services did not comment when asked this week by the Tennessean to confirm that. TenCare spokeswoman Amy Lawrence also could not confirm that date. We cannot say with any certainty when the PHE, public health emergency, will end, but we have been preparing for the last two years for the eventual end, Lawrence said in an email. Lawrence said TenCare has been testing and updating its renewal system as it prepares for the end of the public health emergency. She also said beneficiaries can renew using the TenCare Connect online portal at TenCareConnect, that's T-E-N-N, careconnect.tn.gov. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. If you're looking for things to do in the greater Nashville area in December, Jingle Beat has something for everyone. Whether you're young or young at heart, looking for loco hot cocoa vibes, or feeling a chiller tempo, prepare to explore extraordinary landscapes and connect to nostalgic childlike joy in a holiday experience like no other. Jingle Beat, previously a drive through holiday experience at the Nashville Fairgrounds, is returning for 2022 as a walkable event. Referred to as the Christmas Multi-Universe Experience on its website, Jingle Beat tickets are available now. Jingle Beat will offer both indoor and outdoor experiences, treating visitors to a sensory feast of dazzling color, interactive installations, curated food and beverage offerings, live performances, and light and video spectacles. The story of Jingle Beat pays homage to Santa's mysterious ability to travel through time and space in order to visit every home on the planet in a single day. Jingle Beat will run through December 31st, and the experience will be open to guests of all ages. Tickets start at $24. Children under three are free. You can get your tickets now at www.jinglebeat.com forward slash Nashville. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe 